Hey, welcome to Rebel Business. This is episode 25. I'm Mayhil Patel. I got my co-host here, Paul Samuel. What's going on, everyone? How's it going, Paul? Good. Excited. Birthday yeah, month. Man. Year coming to the coming to a close. Yeah, man. December is uh upon us and um you know, I have spent what twenty five years now in New York, and I, I grew up in uh, Massachusetts, uh, which I think that combination makes you pretty salty <laughs> in general. But I have to say, December is a month where um, I'm always. Uh, this is a great month. That that cynicism does not exist in the month of December for me. Um, I don't know if we've been psychologically trained. To, to be in a good mood in December, but I I love this month. This is by far my favorite month, and it goes by in a in a blink. Yeah, it's going to be New Year's Eve before we know it. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun month, you know. Beyond the holidays, I think a lot of people psychologically are like I always describe this as like the days before you go on vacation, where there's all yeah. this like pent up yeah. excitement, yeah. and you you like have everything planned yeah. and everybody's still like in a good mood. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes the vacations don't always shake out to be what you expect them to be, but the days leading up are always the same and they're always oh, yeah. great. It's the anticipation. And I think the, that, that effect in December never disappoints. I always have yeah. a great time, you know, in my personal life, professional life. Uh, I don't know what it is. You know, I think it's the year end. We have, birthdays this month only the greats have birthdays in december that's right um it takes a special personality to have a birthday <laughs> in december but i i always feel like i i'm very grateful my birthday is towards the end of the year because it's like you're everybody's reflective and when yeah. your birthday happens to be also parallel to that you're reflective about your own life so um i'm pretty excited about december I think it creates exuberance, and uh, I have to say that exuberance, uh, we're seeing it in the markets right now, right? Uh, wildness, um, you know, we're recording this on the uh, December 2nd, so we'll, we'll probably put this out a few days later. But what we saw in the equity markets um, at the close on December 1st, you know, we're we're approaching highs on all the indexes and there's just a lot of optimism in the equity market, um, which is good, I guess. Um, can't be, can't I, I be disappointed in appreciation. Yeah. No, look, I have money invested in those indexes, so I'm, I'm not here to complain, um, but I'm, I don't know. This is this is, a, this is the weirdest market condition I have ever seen in my adult life, where I have been paying attention to the market, right? I because I, there are things here, uh, seriously, that we learned in our finance classes, in our economics classes, that were like the classic road sign for, hey. A slowdown is coming, and yeah. yet those aren't what the headlines are at all. Yeah, are, do, you, do you feel the same way, or, or am I, I just more I do? Yeah, I feel like we're happens. we're going we're on we're going in the wrong direction on a one way street, <laughs> uh, but everybody is following us, and so it just yeah. seems like things are going to be fine because like momentum is behind us, but. There's there's warning signs that say, you know, do not enter, turn around, right? Wrong direction. 
and that and that's what scares me is let's see what the retail season looks like. Um, interest rates are uh, still having an, a dampening effect on business spending. Um, corporations are probably going to make more reductions in force next year. Uh, and just the, the consumer sentiment is waning, but people are still spending. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. How, how are people going to keep spending money when they're less secure in their job and their financial situation? It is a, it's a strange phenomenon that we're, we're seeing. And, and, you know, look, there are people, um, what do you want to call them? Economists or people that are commenting on the market that are permanently bearish, right? There's yeah. that guy in NYU that everyone's like, oh, he predicted the housing crash, but he also predicted a yeah. hundred things that didn't happen. You know, so if you're, if you're, it's the whole broken clock theory, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be right twice a day. Yeah. And so I'm not a permanent bearish person. I, I, I've said it before, long run, and, and I'm talking 36 months, I would bet on the U.S. economy all day, every yeah. day. It is $25 trillion plus. Uh, well, and it, it it's is, just like Europe and Asia, they're, they're, they're already in the midst of you know, pretty significant slowdowns and they yeah, have, they, just they bigger have real issues there. They yeah. have demographic issues. They've got geopolitical issues with yeah. aging populations. You know, they have, you know, their innovation isn't even close to the yeah. U.S. Our innovation kicks ass and it's not close. Um, you know, so like that, that like the long term, I'm not at all <sighs> concerned about. Right. It, it's it. I think we will be perfectly fine. It's this next 24 months. And, you know, what I was saying earlier, you know, when we were taking economics classes, finance classes, there are certain things that they would always say. And this is a precursor to a recession. Obviously, this inverted yield curve, right? And if you're not familiar with what that term is, it's basically all it is, it's saying instead of getting paid a higher interest rate, on holding something for a long time, you're gonna get a higher interest rate holding it for a short time. And that's inverted, right? You know, it's not supposed to be like that. There should right. be- Risk should re be, reward should be yeah, tied should to be, longer duration. Yeah, yes, there's more risk if you hold something longer, so you should get yeah. paid more, right? Bottom line, like if, if your buddy says, I want to borrow a thousand dollars from you. And he's like, I, I need five years to pay it back. You're going to charge him more on that rate than your buddy who says, I need a thousand dollars. I'll pay you back in three weeks. Right. Because right. there's more risk over five years. Uh, so that curve is inverted in the institutional world. And that always has predicted a recession and it's still inverted. So that that's one factor, but then there's a bunch of things that happened this week. The price of gold is almost at 2100, right? Yep. And that just means there's a flight to safety, right? Gold is a precious metal. It's also, you know, it also has a real utility. It's the best conductor of electricity on the planet. And so you have that and then this drop in oil prices, right? Or drop in production of oil. Uh, yep. I shouldn't say prices. The, this, they're going to drop the production of oil. And I look at that as the significance is the whole damn world is based on petroleum, right? Every economy is based on petroleum, 
consumption. And that's telling me that there is going to be less demand for oil, which means contraction. I don't know. These are basic principles we've been told when we were taking economics classes. And, and now we're just defying all of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the oil, um, oil price or oil production drops. I mean, some of that is um, just sort of the price targeting for OPEC. Um, but a yeah, lot of it is that. production. No, you're right. It's production. Uh, expected production declines will impact demand for oil. Um, and so, uh, you know, people are scaling back, businesses are scaling yeah. back. And so that's going to have a uh, deleterious effect economically. Um, but uh, yeah, the yield curve thing is is troubling, right? That's always, like you said, a telltale sign of economic always. trouble on... It, it, it's not, and it's yeah. not, oh, eight out of 10 times seven. Mm -hmm. It's 100%. This yeah. is always, always predicted a recession, or at the very least, a contraction. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, so you think about these three very high level things. People are buying gold. Oil production is being cut and short-term rates are higher than long-term rates. I mean, that, that is what has been taught to us in finance classes for decades, decades, that these are classic symptoms. You got a runny nose and a sore throat and a fever. You probably have a freaking cold, right? right? Like you have something, maybe it's not a cold, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, but you're not normal. Like, this is not normal is my point. And it's just weird to navigate this right now. Um, as somebody who works for himself and has to make decisions on investments, whether it's real estate or otherwise, it's hard. It's yeah. hard for me to feel a lot of confidence right now. It, it feels like we're on a frozen pond. I just don't know how thick the ice is. Yeah, it, it's across the board. Nobody's feeling particularly secure, no matter what corner of uh, the economy they sit in. So I think it's going to be months before it shakes out. Oh, look, we we were having the same conversation almost I a know. year ago I and know. nothing has changed really. It's, so, it's wild. It's so wild to me yeah. that this conversation, when we started doing this podcast, is still... It's, it's the same. It, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and not much has changed or clarity. There is not much clarity. And it's like, yeah. okay, are we going to just skip this? You know, is it, did I have a scratchy throat and I'm not going to get any of those other symptoms and I'm going to go, yeah. boom, I'm going to be okay. Cause that's what we all wish for when we're we know we're about yeah. to get sick. We're just like, oh, I'll be okay. I'm going to go to the gym. I don't care. It's just, uh, it's dust. You know, yeah. I, I tell wishful myself thinking. things like that. You it's know? wishful so thinking, I, right? Like to your point and to use your analogy, right? Like you may have a, a, a softer cold, uh, a yeah. lighter cold. But, mm -hmm. but probably not, right? Uh, you're probably no, going to have to deal with uh, some of the pain and suffering. I yeah, think we've got more pain and days. suffering. Right, I'm, yeah. And I'm not an I'm not a huge bear in any you know respect. I, I, in fact, I it's can't just be. yeah, I, I, yeah, I you can't be. can't be. Yeah, I can't be. I can't do what I do and be bearish. And be bearish. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You know, you're a real estate developer. You've decided to build a building. Yeah. You, if you are not yeah. optimistic about your prospects, it's a wrap. You, yeah. I don't know what happens. Your brain's gonna like split yeah. in two. Like the, the choice is very simple: don't make the investment. 
Yeah, exactly. But that's where we are right now. Like private equity is saying the same thing. Uh, the the deals that are getting financed are um, yeah expensive. And it's true. Yeah. And and what I tell people that are just kind of starting off to try to even do a small investment or you know uh, whatever the endeavor is, it's generally one or two good reasons to do it. There's never there's 98 reasons not to. Yeah. And there's about one or two good reasons to do it. And right now. I mean, we're, I can't even find those one or two good reasons. And so you just hit pause. Yeah. Um, you know, one uh, stat that came up, uh, I think I shared it with you about small businesses, right? You know, I, I've been kind of, you know, theorizing this could be a white collar recession. This could be this, that. Maybe it's a, a little bit more um, categorical, this mm-hmm. uh, recession or slowdown whatever you want to call it, uh, contraction, maybe it is going to affect small businesses more because there was a number that came out and year over year, 35% of small businesses said that they are making less money top line now, um, than they were, um, in 2022, 35%, one out of three and the average drop in earnings for small businesses, um, is 15%. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very significant, you know, it is. and the margins are generally thinner. Engine. Yeah. It's a yeah. Big engine. And I can speak to this, like I'm invested in a bar, um, in, in Manhattan and, um, it's struggling. I mean, it, it, it ha- you know, they're getting, they have some top line, you know, it looks okay, but like we've had, maybe three distributions this year out of 11 months. Um, you know, and we've already done well with this investment. So it's sort of like, okay, we've already got all our money back. It's fine, but it's not doing well. Um, and relative to where it was, I run a comedy show. I, I, I could tell you in, in, in that industry, a lot of these clubs are not, they're not doing great. Um, self-storage has softened. Uh, quite a bit, you know, we're, we're seeing that across the board. So, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it's great to see the seven companies that have a monopoly in this country killing it. But like, I don't know if that's spreading to other sectors of the economy. Yeah. And we're probably in the wrong states uh, or, or regions of uh, our respective states to to really see it on the ground level. Uh Businesses here seem to be doing okay uh, in Orange County, in LA in general. Um, but you would think that, yeah, small businesses are going to be impacted across the country. People are spending less. They're looking for more deals. You see a lot more discounting and um, uh, you know, happy hour deals and things like that mm-hmm. popping up. Um, I see a lot of businesses that are either they're, – they're actually doing – a couple of things, which I think are smart, they're shifting hours. So whereas they used to be open, you know, like mm-hmm. six days a week from 5 p.m. to midnight, they, have a choice. Yeah, they don't have a choice. They have a day, one day that they're taking off the schedule um, or they're finding, you know, more creative ways. Well, some some are opening for breakfast or something like that. Yeah. And, and, and we haven't talked about this much. And it's it's actually interesting that you bring up the actual scheduling. What do you think is driving that? Is it 
hey, this is the best way for us to um, control our costs because we just don't do enough volume in these hours? Or is it we would do enough during these hours and we would do enough volume? Our problem is we don't have the labor to to service those hours anymore. So in fact, we have to reduce those hours, which is actually, that's what's killing our bottom line is because we can't staff up enough to max out the amount of business hours we have in a day. Cause I'm, I am seeing that phenomenon yeah. more so than, Hey, it's really expensive. Our costs are high. Yes, it is. I think their yeah. margins are lower without a doubt because of interest rates. But what I hear from owners more so is we just don't have the labor to max out our hours. They don't have the labor and they made, I, I would say it's a general statement, but they, a lot of employers have made this conscious decision to operate with thinner staff. So let's like, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So you yeah, can't say, right. you know, right. I'm going to go with the skeleton staff, but I need everybody to be, you know, 100% available at yeah. all times. People get sick, um, yep. you know, life happens. And Especially so you have no, industry. yeah, you have no contingency. So somebody's, you know, daycare situation falls apart. That turn turn around like either the owners got to pitch in and do it themselves, right? But if they're more of a passive uh, operator of the business, they're not going to get their hands dirty and start yeah. waiting tables. What do you do? Uh, you know, you, you either have to have somebody else cross trained to do that job, or you have to make some other adjustment. Which is, we're not. No, open. I've I've actually seen that in the past year where it's like, yeah, our servers are all like out there's like a sign on the door sorry we're closed today unexpected yeah, like they, yeah just, yeah and I, and I think i think it's probably it could be different in different locations yeah. where it's like in some locations it might be we just don't have enough labor and then the other ones are trying to run it too thinly i think there's probably two two scenarios there but man like when people talk about immigration and policy and all that like they better get it together because it is gonna it is not going to affect small businesses it is yeah. it is you know and, and, and any idiot who's like oh, we just don't need immigration well you're a freaking moron you're actually you got all d's and c's and f's in school i have no doubt you're an yeah. idiot because just look at europe i mean the problems yeah. they have because of the aging pyramid it's obvious it's completely obvious the problems that they have i'm like you you need you need labor to come in and you can call it whatever you want. And maybe it's not the nicest word to say we need cheap labor, but we do. I mean, that's just the reality of the American economy. And it's a work your ass up economy. That's it. Yeah. I mean, Look, that, the, the assumption that, you know, immigrants are, uh, are taking away American jobs that hasn't been true in forever. Right. I, I mean, mean, this has never been true. No. Honestly, so. it hasn't been true since, you know, Irish and Italians were building buildings and Chinese immigrants were building, building the railroads. railroads. It has yeah. never been true. And yeah. it's not it. That's just a a political sort of stupid thing that gets tossed around. But like, yeah. they better get this thing right shipped because yeah. I could tell you on the boots on the ground, small businesses it's just it's ridiculous and, and they say it they're like we need yeah. labor so uh, you know i hope that um 
there's like a light that gets shined on that in 2024. If small businesses, if these trend lines continue, I don't see how, um, but does everybody just want a Starbucks and everybody wants, a, you know, uh, this type of chain situation? I don't know. I, I so don't know. It's the, the problem that I see is it's such a delicate balancing act, right? So you talk about small business, right? But then there's this like bright red line drawn between businesses that have 50 or fewer employees and those that are larger, right? And And the bright red line is like, healthcare services, right? Healthcare insurance. Yeah, 100%. And so if you're a small, like, let's say you're operating one or two location burger restaurant, right? Not a yeah. chain, but like a, a local burger shop. Um, and you don't have 50 employees um, and you try to operate on some like skeleton staff that straddles both locations. But a lot of these people, they also drive for Uber or they have other gig economy things like yeah. they babysit yeah. or they do handyman mm-hmm. work. Uh, whatever it happens to be, and they're price shopping their hourly rate, right? So any given week, if they have better opportunity, they're going to lean towards doing that, right? And so you as an employer, you can't cut them loose because you're already operating on, yeah, thin staff. So you can't tell them, hey, no, I need you, like, and be demanding about it. You have to be accommodating, Right. But you're not getting the full value, right? So oh, sort of hey, FTE man. value I, of them. I, I, I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it. I, I told you we run a comedy show and uh, we have gone, the turnover on staff there has been oh, I'm sure. very <laughs> high. And I would say half of them have been amazing. And then the other half, it's like they're awful. Trash. Yeah. But like, really bad. There's nothing yeah. the owner can do. Like, nope. this is what he has to deal with and in effect so do we um there was one person in particular uh the person i run the the show with rich uh we were both so annoyed um and he's, he's a comic as well and it we kind we confronted the guy and we're like come on man like you have to get out there and and hit the tables or you know the the this place isn't going to make enough money and yeah, like, and it, it affects like how yeah. funny the show ends up. Being. Like you need people to have a, a couple of drinks. Have drinks, and yeah. you also, you know, like we have to be, we have to justify having a show there, right? So yeah. the bar has to make money. And his answer, you want to know what his answer was? Yeah, I'd love he was to. Like, you know, I'm lazy. Wow. And I was okay. just like, yo, and that was my response. I was just like, wow, you're. You're owning it. Yeah. You're owning it. And, you know, and I'm not saying everyone is like that at all. I, I think there's plenty of people who bust their ass. Um, but there is a shortage of quality uh, service workers. It's a, yeah. I've seen it with my own eyes. It's there and they better work on immigration because this 35% reporting that their earnings are down, that number is going to get worse. It's going to get worse and that's bullshit because these small businesses are important, man. They're important. Yeah. It's important. And, and, and people that are arguing culture, I'm like, this is American culture. You idiot. It is. having small yeah. businesses and having the ability to start one in this country. That is America. You yeah. moron. And there's like, still plenty of people who want to give their business off. to small business. Like if I have to choose a flooring company 
and there's the like 100% like five star rated big, you know, 800 pound gorilla flooring company, yeah. Home Depot, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they contract it all mm -hmm. out, but like that's kind of known commodity and system. Or there's a local shop in downtown Tustin, right? And it's probably going to be a little bit more expensive, but like I know where to go when I have a flooring problem after yeah. the fact. Uh, and I'm going to get the same people on the phone. I I'd much rather use the local service provider. They know you. Yeah. Right. And, and they care about your word of mouth yeah. because you're local. Yeah. No. And everybody likes to say, I have my guy. Yeah. Right. I yeah. got my guy who does this. And yeah, he might be slightly more expensive, a little yeah. harder to schedule, but I get the attention that I want. Yeah. And, um, you know, that would be, a, that would, that would, they better do something is my point. Um, you know, speaking of uh, spending money um, in December, we are actually going to go, uh, Paul and I and our, uh, another friend of ours is, uh, we're going to go to uh, the NBA tournament in Vegas, um, which I think the semifinal is Thursday, right? Semifinal um, on the seventh final. We're going to the final on the ninth yes, Saturday. The ninth. Yeah. But we'll be there when the semifinals are happening. Um, it was a, it was a bit of an expensive endeavor. I have to say yeah, it, was. it wasn't, it wasn't it outrageous. Was. True. I, I will say that, you know, we, we tried to budget the best we could, but we're, I, you know, I, first of all, we're huge NBA fans. Um, you know, I have a bit of a sickness, uh, when it comes to watching the NBA. Um, so I'm excited from, you know, the kid in me standpoint um because i love basketball but for those of you who are not you know basketball addicts this is the first time the nba is doing an in-season tournament you know similar to you know fifa does this i think or you know the euro cup or, or whatever mm -hmm. soccer somehow does this they took the idea from soccer it's yeah. a tournament and the regular champions season. league yeah, yeah to, to create interest. Um, but from a non-basketball perspective, just from a business perspective, this is a massive bet that the NBA is making that this new concept will do two things, make them money, first of all, and second of all, generate interest, right? Yeah. Like it, they have to get ratings. They got to get people like us to go. Yeah. Um, it has to have some buzz. It's going to have to have some cachet. They're going to have to have some A-list celebrities, you know, posting that they're there, this, that, and the other. So I'm super curious to see yeah. how this experience goes from the minute I land at McCarran to everything we do. Like, is this going to be completely in our face everywhere we go? I, I would hope so. Uh, for the NBA sake, they, look, I, I think Adam Silver has done an incredible job marketing this, and strategically has done uh, has a lot made a lot of the right moves. This time of year is sort of a dead zone, right? So, the, so the NFL is the only thing where games actually matter right now. Yeah. Uh, college basketball is still too early in the season. Early. Hockey, same thing. College football is winding down, but at this point, right now. Right. We have a very good sense for who the four teams yeah, are, yeah, right? Like it's, know. it's almost all completely decided. Almost over, yeah. And then there's a dead zone. So the NBA has worked in, and, and obviously part of this is the first 30 to 40 games of the NBA season. Even the most avid fans are a little checked out, right? Because they know that everything matters later in the schedule when teams start 
kind of, you know, falling into uh, their rankings, but they've marketed this well. They've put some like interesting competitive elements into it, like the the whole point differential thing. Did you read anything about that yeah, last week? Yeah, a little bit. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm aware of it. I'm aware yeah. Of it. So it's so, controversial because like it has been, it has never been in any basketball uh, world. But it is important okay, so to win by a margin. So you're not familiar with so the genesis of this is is the NBA regular season hasn't been that intense. It hasn't been that exciting, particularly the early part. Basically the first 50 games prior to the All-Star game. It hasn't been that exciting. So they're implementing this tournament Paul's reference to the point differences. They're basically trying to say like beat the team by as much as you it's the possibly tiebreaker. can, right? Yeah. yeah. And so it's trying to bring this element of making these early games important. So I have a question for you as far as um, the semifinal and the finals. Um, how, I, you can't compare it to the NBA finals, obviously, no. intensity wise, um, because it, those games are every possession is like tense. But what's your expectation on the intensity of the game? Like how hard are these guys going to play? Are they going to, are we going to noticeably see a difference from a a regular season game and game 65? uh, And there's 82 games in a season. um, I think so. You do. You think we will. Absolutely. Right. Look, uh, it's, it's simple. It's money. And the money matters to enough of the players on the court. It's a half a million dollars to the winners. Is that right? Yeah. Each, each player. And I think assistant coaches, assistant coaches yeah. get money. So, which is never the case in the NBA. It's right. A, it's, a, it's basically what the PGA does on a, you know, on a tour, right? You, yeah. there's a money leader and you win the tournament, you win some money. Yeah. And it's, and it's enough money. They may have to like play with it a little bit and, you know, increase it. Uh, a little bit higher in subsequent years, but for now, it's it's plenty of skin in the game for the players. Yeah, I think man. you're going to see guys fighting, you know, tooth and nail to try and win these games uh, I, I, I and advance. So. I hope so. I I agree with you. I think the money is going to make a factor here. Um, I think the sort of cachet of winning it. The only way that I see that being a motivating factor is if the sort of social media ecosystem of who's there and who's watching and yeah. who's posting and is this really going to be an event that is being spread everywhere? Yeah. If it is, then I think just the the idea of winning it is going to be a motivating factor because they know, okay, this is a big stage now and you know, NBA players are, you know, while they're athletes first, they're also entertainers. They're entertainers. They, totally. Especially right? now. More so yeah. now than they were and so, when like, we were, we're kids. Not, you know, we're living in a different world now. And so I think that I'm very curious to measure the impact of that. Just the yeah. sort of the social influence plus a, a, a first time event. Yeah. Um, it's kind of yeah, like that, what the the All Star Game used to be, right? Like the All Star yeah. Game twenty five years ago was like a Thursday to Sunday event, and it and yeah. it was a huge deal 
right? It didn't yeah. get obviously the, the same level of press, but like the people that were in that city yeah. had a really enriching NBA experience. And then oh, obviously it's, it's sort of gotten away from that because the yeah. game itself yeah. is total wasted. Yeah. I, I haven't watched an NBA all-star game and I love pro basketball. I haven't watched one. I, you know what I, I will say? I watched the first one where they had that alternate uh, ending and then even that, I was like, this is a great concept. I love this concept. But like the gameplay up until that last Terrible. thing, it's just, yeah, it's a joke. Um, I, I haven't watched one. It's got to be at least a decade, yeah. maybe longer. I think yeah. the only one I watched was when my nephew was like very young and yeah. he wanted to watch. Want to watch it, yeah. And, and I watched with him. That, that was really it. And so I do hope I'm just inundated with nba stuff when we get yeah. like that i leave there my hope is i leave there and we say yeah we're going to do this annually yeah. if if because I, I think we're we're pretty moderate spenders right yeah huge basketball fans if they can't capture us i look at it as it's a failure yeah it's a yeah failure. you have to win you obviously the super fans you'll always get but you have yeah. to start to to get the lower yeah. strata people I'm, like yeah, us. I'm a huge fan, but at the same time, I want my money's worth because I know yes. what went on my credit card because I just paid it. Yeah. <laughs> and I know what that number is and I have to feel good about spending that number to do yeah. this again. Um, so yeah, you know, Adam Silver, if you're listening, I'm your customer that you got to make happy. Uh, <laughs> which might true. Be, it might be uphill. Let me ask you something. Uh, based on a multiple on a multiple mm -hmm. um let's say ticket prices soar yeah going yeah. into going into saturday's final is there a multiple on that ticket that you would sell it yeah i, I i'm probably on the cheaper end i would go like double my money you would and sell then it. just yeah i'm kind of like it's I, so I, I i'll put a it depends around this entire thing. If it's Celtics, Denver, or if it's Lakers, Celtics. Oh, I'm going. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm there's going. any way I can't. No, uh, I can no sell way. those tickets. Lakers, but... Celtics. Uh, there's just, I mean, I grew up watching Larry yeah. Bird and Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish. Like, yeah. In a one game for all the marbles. I mean, that's oh, a, no. that's a rivalry. No. Like those, the, when people talk about like sports rivalries, they have all these like concocted ones that like they don't really it, exist. Like it, it, division it, rivals that no. one has always perennial slot. Celtics yeah. is the the best one. It is. I mean, it's it's bigger than Red Sox Yankees. Even if that's you know a longer uh, longer one, the the Lakers Celtics rivalry is for me because well, they're the two yeah. winningest, right? You know, for a long time, Red Sox Yankees was just the big brother beating the piss right. out of the little brother. Right. right for almost yeah. a century yes right? so exactly i i don't i don't i that's not a real rivalry to me maybe no. duke unc uh duke unc is up there you could put yeah. that up there but um people who don't know anything about the nba know lakers celtics i mean yeah. people know that they know that as a term. magic and bird yeah uh, so yeah, but okay, let's say it's Lakers Celtics. I mean, you might be able to get a 3x on the ticket. Yeah, 3x. I think about it. I probably still wouldn't. Um See, I, this, I, is this is the is inaugural what, one, but this this is what I would do. If I can get 3x okay. on that ticket, 
I'll do it if I can buy a better ticket with that 3x money and get okay. closer and closer to the court. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Would do it. I would okay. do it. If I can upgrade significantly, I would do it. Of course I would do it. Why wouldn't I? It's a free upgrade. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. That, that, that argument doesn't make sense. If you're selling your ticket for 3x the price, then that's the new, like, price yeah. of your ticket a better ticket is like it's gonna be more you're right the, presumably the it doesn't yeah. work like that you're right yeah. i'm an idiot that's not gonna happen that's just but, wishful thinking uh but yeah, you could right. pocket God, pocket some of the money and go watch it in you know what that so the one thing that i really appreciate that they did was they put it in a neutral city obviously they needed to do that but it's vegas so it's you know fantastic wild wildly entertaining uh, in in every respect, and um, there's other events. Just naturally, other events like there's a Raider game on Sunday, yeah. so people are coming in, and they don't feel like they necessarily have to be at the game. They can just be in and around Vegas. Oh, I, I imagine there'll be watch party. Yes, events of course. Yeah. So if if I get wind that there's one that would be fun and cool and enjoyable, and I can get a three X. Yeah, oh, no. exactly. Lakers Celtics, there's zero chance. I'm going. I mean, yeah. you you won't be able to buy me um, on that. Um, Celtics Nuggets, probably still, I would go. Same. Um, if it's the Celtics, I'm going. Honestly, like I I, yeah. I, I would love to see them uh, play. And they're the they're play. playing well. They're actually like fun and to let's, watch. Let's right face now. facts. The Celtics should be the first franchise to win this. It's they're the winning. They, they are. Yeah. If you want to go on history. Yes. That, that I would be the most fitting result classic, of this. Classic. Uh, uh, I don't so think they're going to win it. Oh, they're winning it. Dude. I do don't not lie. think they're going to win it. I think you're winning it. I, I, to be I, honest, this format, LeBron, I'll give it to him. One game, right? This is, this is kind of what he was built for. So everybody wants to make an argument, Jordan versus LeBron, like, we're not going to do that here, but one game to bet on one guy, right. To be the best player on the court and to dominate and to win that game. I don't want to say single-handedly, but, but yeah. to be the one that can affect yeah. the outcome the most, I think I'll, I'll put my money on disagree. him. Red Auerbach would tell you if there's one franchise to bet on in I, a, in, in a win it once, it's the Boston Celtics, baby. Yeah. Uh, but they had I'm a guy, I, they had a guy on, that, you couldn't argue against in Russell. <laughs> I, I, right? I plan on losing my voice if it's the Celtics, uh, but we're, we're definitely going to, you know, come back with some updates on it and, and really a lot on the, obviously the business perspective. Um, I'm curious to see if there's things being done off the strip um, that's related to this. Uh, also one of the things that I'm going to take a, a real mental note are some of the sponsors are yeah. surprise sponsors um and just kind of how they did this this is like you know it's the it's a, it's the first time a major sports franchise in the u.s is doing something very different very, very different. risky yeah um and they usually don't take big risks they take very small increments. don't need risks. to they, yeah they don't want to mess with their product right this is a big swing and um I'm all for it. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan about of it. it. I, and I was a huge skeptic when they initially thought about it. Cause I was like, Oh, it's going to cause all kinds of like scheduling conflict. And yeah. you know, how do you account for the teams that are playing more games? 
they've solved for a lot of that. Uh, the schedule is still right. The, the first two months of the season yeah. is still a little weird right now, but that's okay. Yeah, it's a little, a little wonky, wonky, but um, I think it's, it's going to be fun, and we'll see if uh, if it was worth the money. Um, yeah. and and also, is this something that's worth going to if you don't even enjoy NBA? Is it is it yeah. a fun enough event like the Kentucky Derby? You know, like I don't right. think exactly it's racing at yeah. all, but like people go that have never gone to a horse race in their whole yeah. life like the f1 uh, race the, yeah. a couple weeks gonna, ago in vegas is it, is it gonna raise the level of interest to that because that's a that's a win and that's a you know somebody in a conference room who championed this took a risk uh i dig it i'm, I'm yeah. excited to to see what happens um on that note um well we'll just wrap up with um you know last episode we talked about uh taylor swift versus beyonce uh, they both had um, movies that came out about their tours, and it looks like Beyonce's is going to debut uh, at about twenty to twenty-five million. Uh, Taylor Swift's was one hundred and twenty-three million. Yeah. So I think uh, Taylor Swift is a bigger economy than uh, Beyonce. It's hard to argue that anything That's can. That's a big difference. Yeah. I mean, I predicted fifty. Paul said sixty-five. Yeah. Um, 25 is still, um, yeah, it's uh, very amazing. respectable. Yeah. That, you know, that beats a lot of big budget movies on their opening weekend, quite frankly. So nothing to, you know, scoff at, but man, Taylor Swift is a beast when it comes to generating economic value. True. Can't argue with that. On that note, that's going to be our episode. Uh, we will report back uh, from Vegas. Hopefully we come back in one piece and the Celtics. And a little are, richer. You know, champs, baby. Uh, we'll see you then and um, hope you enjoy the start of December. See you, everyone.